all of you is welcome here. All of your parts, your pain and grief, your joy and curiosity, your strength and struggle, the parts of you that you feel safe enough to share with the world and those parts that are still in hiding. All of you is welcome here. You are not bad, wrong, or broken. Um, you are simply human in a messy world like me and like the rest of us. So I'm Krista O'Reilly Dabby Degee, writer, grief and trauma-informed mind-body coach, and joyful living educator. My work is for the freedom seekers, truth tellers, and stubborn questioners, highly sensitive souls, slow movers, and non-hustlers, the anxious, grieving, messy, and healing, reforming people pleasers, perfectionists, performers, and peacekeepers, and brave, weary, curious humans ready to quiet the conditioning and noise and reclaim freedom, wholeness, and joy. I'm going to share a little bit more about myself today because this is episode one of the A Life in Progress podcast, which has been years, years coming. Um, the seed was planted years ago and I and I was not ready. Um, so I prefer to be braless and barefoot, in part because I like nature, I like being close to the earth, but mostly because I have sensory challenges and I hate a feeling of constriction. I am a questioner with rebel leanings, an Enneagram one, fairly integrated, though always in progress because we're all simply practicing. I'm very interested in joy and truth-telling as a pathway to joy. I love science and a good evidence base. And I'm also a spiritual seeker and believe that story changes us in powerful ways. My husband immigrated to Canada at 31 from West Africa, and we met 30 years ago in the laundry room at, in Quebec City at l'Université Laval. We have three beautiful children together, two daughters, young adults, and a son who would be 27. Jairus died by suicide in 2019. My work is offered from a grief and trauma-informed perspective because one, I need this. And two, we live in a primarily grief and trauma illiterate society, and this causes harm. It causes shame, isolation, and added layers of grief upon grief. I am a slow mover. I aim for a soul-honoring life, though I'm always in progress. And I am so grateful to live right near the Rocky Mountains in Alberta, Canada. I always dive into things like the podcast imperfectly on purpose. Um, I do things that are aligned with my core values, but if you're looking for shine and polish, I am not your gal. I believe that we find our way in progress, not before. And as such, I'm sure that I will find my way in this pod podcast as I go and improve it as I go. But I make three promises to you. First, I'll always do my best to show up real. That's really the only way I know. Second, I do not claim to be an expert on anything but my own lived experience. Though I'm very curious, always learning and seeking practical application. I believe that you are the expert on your own body and life. And third, 
My vision is to simply offer valuable and inspiring content to help you befriend your true self, um, reclaim freedom, health, and joy for yourself so that you can show up fully to life in every season, even the hardest of them. Um, I'm thinking that the podcast will at times include conversations with other people, um, but this is where I'm going to dive in. So I was 10 years old the first time I had the thought that this world is too heavy for me, or I am not cut out for this world. I tried to die three times between the ages of 14 to 18. And at 18, after that third attempt, I decided to live, but I had no idea how. Um, that launched a long journey, um, especially up to my 40s and then through my 40s. I'm 52 today. Um, but it launched, launched this long journey of figuring out how the heck to live and not only live, but to thrive in this world. I say that I was looking for freedom, but I kept picking up another set of chains. I kept looking outside of myself for something to calm the storm within, um, a set of rules, a practice. I mean, I tried so many different things on for size, but it was only when I stopped trying to fix myself and began that pro a process of meeting and befriending my true self, and that's not the language I would have used back then, um, that life began to change. A few things that I learned in my early 30s that really helped me get started on this path. I heard on a radio one day, I remember where I was in my first little house when we still listened regularly to the radio and not podcasts. I actually have a friend who listens to the radio a lot, and so does my husband, but um, I, myself, not so much. But I heard a radio show, and on that radio show, I was first introduced to the idea of high sensitivity, being a highly sensitive person, or the trait of sensory processing sensitivity, and a light bulb went off. I didn't know a lot about it right then, but I recognized myself in that moment in what they were sharing. Around the same time, again on the radio, I heard a, I think it was like a psychologist or a psychiatrist talking about low-grade depression. And again, I recognized my experience in, in what he was saying. And I don't think I even knew yet at that time that I had anxiety. I, but now I know and I learned along the way that I also lived with severe anxiety, which I believe contributed to that young 10-year-old feeling like I wasn't cut out for the world and those suicide attempts. But I didn't have language for it back then. Another thing I began learning about in my 30s as I was um, homeschooling and loving my family, I learned about the trait of perfectionism. I began at least to have the first inklings that my, my habits or my, my um, instinct around perfectionism 
was a way of trying to order my world to feel safe. I did not feel safe in the world. I couldn't yet figure out how to create some safety inside of myself. So I would try to order my world. And finally, in that season, and again, I remember exactly where I was in my home, that first little home I lived in, um, when I first realized that anger in my life was a cover for fear, so much fear. So I'm not going to share more about my journey here, but I want to share some ideas with you. Um, I'm going to, the framework I'm going to try or test out is one that I've been using from the beginning of my work. Um, And it's sort of a cycle. Everything in my work follows cycles and seasons. But this little cycle, almost a mini cycle, can be used when we are curious about something or trying to build a new habit or exploring something what's going on in our body or life Um, and it's simply self-awareness self-compassion imperfect action so I believe that when we put down these deep roots of self-awareness and self-compassion they help us show up fully to life in every season including when the storms come but self-awareness and self-compassion without imperfect action take us nowhere That action component is critical. Um, We find our way in progress, not before. And a lot of us, you may recognize yourself in this, we feel safer on the couch, acquiring more knowledge, taking one more course, another degree, trying to figure out the whole path before we step out because it's so scary and vulnerable to step out. But the only way to find what we're looking for is to risk, step out into that tiny little bit of life that we do have. And then the next part of the journey unfolds. All right. So self-awareness, true self and personality are not the same thing. I didn't know this for years and, you know, I'm always, always learning and and kind of, I I build a scaffolding of understanding and then I'm always pulling information and placing it on my existing scaffolding. So I have no doubt that, you know, every year I, my understanding is enlarged, but I can share today what I, at least very briefly, what I believe about this. So true self, I believe is already inside of each of us. And that's why I'm not a fan so much of sort of the language of um, becoming a better version of you, that type of thing, because I don't think you need to become a better version of you. I think who you are is already beautiful, gifted and needed, but we have all of these layers, oops, hitting my mic, of conditioning um, and of learning how to perform and learning how to get our needs met that hide us from true self. So personality is the persona that we have developed and presented to the world, not necessarily consciously and honestly, very rarely is it conscious until 
um, we get to a certain maturity and, and place of even safety and resourcing in our lives so that we can begin to see what's going on and unravel some of that. But in that first part of life, the spring and summer season of life, say from zero to heading towards 40, you know, loosely, we are looking outside of ourselves to figure out who am I? How do I fit into this world? Um, and again, and we need to get those needs met. Like as a child, we need to feel loved. We need to feel safe and, and have our physical needs met. And we develop ways of doing that. Um, side note, at some point, what we realize often is that those ways that did serve us and keep us safe are no longer serving us. Um, but there's no shame and judgment around that because we were always just doing our best to get our needs met and feel safe in the world with the, with the support, with the resourcing and the tools that we had at that age and, and life stage. So persona or personality rather is also um, the roles we play and it is our identity, but the it, it's almost like the outside identity, not necessarily true self. So it's, so anyways, if you just think about how we decide who we are and, and what gives us value in this world, sort of that's sort of the, what I envision as sort of this outer, honestly, even like a protective skin. But true self lives underneath that. All right, so we grow into ourselves over time and with deliberate, stubborn, conscious practice. It's not a race. It doesn't have to be quote unquote perfect. And we can learn a lot from each other. But there are some parts of this process that just can't be rushed or bypassed. No matter how much sort of how many books we read and how much counseling we do. So again, those things can help. They can alleviate maybe some of the pain points that we might encounter, but they can't entirely shortcut the process. Some of that just naturally needs to happen through time and through lived experiences. And none of that is bad. Let's see. So do I want to say this? I'll, I, I think I'll, I'll say a little bit about this. So I follow a seasonal living framework in my work and my life. Um, and according to this framework, which also pull, it pulls from human development. Um, it pulls from threads of like mythology and archetypes and threads of neuroscience and and as I mentioned like just human development but it, it's not offered as a perfect you know uh I'm not again I'm not trying to be an expert on anything except my own lived experience and I'll share though this framework that really supports me in understanding the world and my experience so in the spring and summer seasons of our lives, we are forming that sort of identity and all of those different factors that help shape us. 
And then in the autumn and winter seasons of life, we, in a way, there's a stripping away of all, all of that stuff or whatever no longer serves us or fits us so that we can go inward and meet and befriend true self and find our home base and find belonging in ourselves. So by necessity as humans, we have to find belonging with others. We, we can't survive on our own. Um, community matters, not only for mere survival, although science is very clear about the risks of loneliness and um, the consequences of loneliness, but there's a lot of joy and there's a lot of beauty to be found in community. But if we only ever find home and belonging outside of ourselves, we're really vulnerable. What, what happens if somebody leaves us? What happens if somebody dies? What happens if somebody rejects us? What happens if something happens to us physically and we were no longer able to show up and serve or perform in the ways that we used to. So there are these seasons and I believe that one of the most important entry points is around 40. Um, I call it the midlife crossroad where there is this significant invitation to growth and becoming our true selves. And it is like a crossroad and not everybody accepts the call and not everybody can accept the call. Because for instance, if you don't know where you're going to sleep tonight or how you're going to eat your next meal, that has to be your primary concern. You don't have time or energy or bandwidth to waste on you know, thinking about who you are, right? So, but we do receive these invitations along our lives. So it's not like, you know, it's fixed. It's like, if you miss that one at 40, you're, you're hooped. So, but there is this invitation. And if we say yes to that invitation, there's a lot of work to be done. And it's not always pretty. It's not easy, but it's worth it. And freedom and joy, I believe, live on the other side of that. So I'm going to wrap up this section here. Um, again, maybe I'll share more. I probably will share more about my take on seasonal living because it's just so important to me. But winter seasons of life are, are those harder seasons. Um, we we meet winter, so to speak, when we are going through the dark a dark night of the soul or a time of depression or deep grief or maybe some other really challenging thing like divorce um, or a health diagnosis or a child being in you know hurt or yeah worrying about that child's well-being. So, Winter seasons are rough and we need each other. But winter also brings us so much wisdom that we can carry forward into every other season of life. 
Um, in winter seasons, if you, I live in the Northern Hemisphere, so I'm always looking outside my window to nature um, to help me understand, you know, the, the wisdom and the beauty and the gifts of each season. So where I live, winters are long and dark and harsh. They are dangerous. Um, and I watch my apple trees go through all four seasons. And in winter, they're bare. They're stripped bare. And it reminds me of how in winter seasons, those ways that we've learned to feel safe or to feel valued, they're often stripped away from us. They no longer work. So for instance, season of deep grief. And as we move through those seasons and we stay as much as we are able to, we stay present um, and we do the work, so to speak, of winter, the truth of who we are is laid bare. And so long story short, I believe that in winter seasons, there's incredible wisdom, but that is truly where we meet and befriend true selves. All right, so I want to talk a little bit about self-compassion. In another episode, I will define self-compassion, talk a bit more specifically. Today, I'm not going to do that. But I do want to say, you are not a problem to be fixed. You don't have to squish your big, beautiful self into other people's binaries and boxes. I know it's easy to say that and not always easy to walk out. Um, you get to embrace all of your parts, your strength and struggle, your fear and your hope. Um, the moments of despair, deep sadness, and those moments of joy and delight. All of it matters. All of it is welcome. And the more that we learn how to turn towards and befriend all of our experience, the more we are safe and open to healing where needed or thriving even in the midst of life circumstances that we didn't choose for ourselves or ask for. Um, we're open to getting to know the truth of who we are. I believe this is how I approach growth and healing and becoming and this, and I believe that it's really powerful and supportive that we can approach a desire to grow, heal, become, which can include recognizing a habit that no longer serves us and wanting to build a different habit. Um, recognizing wounded parts in ourselves and desiring wholeness in that area of life. Desiring healing and wholeness is always good. But what I want to say is that you're already worthy and valuable right here as you are. Perfection isn't required. You don't earn your, your worthiness as a human once you have healed or resolved every single part of your story and yourself, which isn't going to happen in this world anyway. It's one of the, the you know, one of those beautiful paradoxes of life, but um, we get to keep learning and becoming as long as we have breath within us. So right now, exactly who and how you are 
is good. Not perfect, maybe messy, but good. And finally, something that I really, really believe and I want to share is that I believe I have a vision for, for this and, and, and I'm thankful to so many different teachers putting their work into the world that also encourages and affirms this. But I believe that when each of us show up whole or integrated, we just show up as true self. No, it's Again, it's not about perfection. It's about showing up real, who and how we are. But we do take responsibility for whatever is required to get to integration or wholeness. We form an incredibly beautiful whole. Um, I didn't write this down. Side note. I believe in the beauty beauty and necessity of diversity. I don't believe we're supposed to be the same. I believe that we're needed in all of our diversity. And, and that is because we each bring gifts to the whole. All right. Imperfect action. And I'm just going to note again, this podcast, because I introduced myself and I'm just getting used to this, probably going to be longer than the other ones, but imperfect action. Um, What I'm thinking at this stage here is that I want to offer three different parts. One is something where you can practice that practical application or imperfect action to a resource or something I'm enjoying in my life or recommend. And three, an invitation to go deeper into the work. So practical application. What I encourage or invite you to consider is simply like over the next week or two weeks, just try to notice any parts of yourself or your story that you reject or hide. You may notice that you hide these parts of yourself for belonging when you're with certain people. Or and or you could ask yourself, what is a belief or story that I'm ready to rewrite for myself? What is a belief or story that I'm ready to rewrite for myself? All right, something that I think can support you, certainly has supported me, and that I'd like to um, share with you today is this wonderful book, No Bad Parts. Wonderful, but not easy. Um, So Dick Schwartz is the founder of Internal Family Systems, that modality, um, evidence-based, trauma-informed healing modality, um, IFS or Internal Family Systems is what it's called. This is, I think, his first book. It was um, went live in 2021, a very powerful book and model felt like I've heard this from other people as well, but it felt I was already practicing these things in my life intuitively through a lot of hard work um, and self-awareness, self-compassion and imperfect action. So it made so much sense to me. But also I continue to learn through his work 
um, through this book. There's another book I want to get um, right away here about internal family systems and in intimate relationships. Um, and you can also find him often on podcasts or through Sounds True, where you can get free, like not workshops, webinars or interviews or whatever with, um, and they talk about the application of internal family systems. So that is my recommendation. If you haven't, if you're not familiar with internal family systems, this is again, an amazing book, powerful work, and it can really help you befriend all of your parts. I also want to, my invitation is point you over towards my website, aliveinprogress.ca. Um, if you look in the menu, there's a begin section. If you click the begin button, um, there are some resources, free resources, one of which, or maybe on my web, on my main page, actually, it's called the Midlife Crossroad PDF. And it will share an outline of some powerful truths that I'm going to unpack in season one of the A Life in Progress podcast. Um, and you can, you know, hopefully that will offer some encouragement to you along the way. Thanks for being here with me. Um, and I'm going to close with a phrase that I use and and love and that has helped me a lot in this world. Make peace with messiness to make space for joy. When we make peace with messiness, we make space for joy. All right, until next time.